Hey, it's B. Back from square one. Regulated. Life is still upside down. And as I've been experimenting through conventional and unconventional mental health, I'm reporting back. This time with good news. Ready to rock, drop, and roll. <laughs> so don't get burnt. The divorce, the jail, the affairs, and my attempt to swing, I mean sing. Our lives will always be on fire. So why not raise the real race and break the matrix? Maybe this is how it starts. As we unfuck ourselves, let's find a way out. They don't care about you. So stop giving a fuck about them. The content of this podcast is for general purposes only, and it's not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any condition or disease or substitute for medical advice. Always seek the advice of your physician, mental health professional, or any other qualified medical health provider with any questions you may have regarding your medical condition or treatment before starting or discontinuing treatment. If you or someone you know is experiencing suicidal thoughts or a crisis, please reach out immediately to the Suicide Prevention Line at 800-273-8255. Ceci Sila, I am a professional organizer, and there's so much more to that title <laughs> that we'll unpack, I'm sure. Sure. What's the name of your business and where are you located? It's Mindful Organizing Services, and I currently serve the Chicagoland area, so about 30 miles, you know, outside of Chicago. I've actually just started getting some inquiries, so I've been putting out into the universe, like, I want to travel, I want to get paid to work, to travel, I want to get paid to travel, and I've getting, I've been getting a lot of inquiries um, from, like, suburbs, like, 10 miles more out than, than where I serve. I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to be in the car. I guess I should have been more specific. I want to travel on an airplane to work, <laughs> not in a car, stuck, you know, sitting in my butt for two hours back and forth. No, no thanks. But, yes, currently Chicagoland area. How long have you been doing that? Um, oh, gosh, since my youngest was two. She's about to be six for four years. Nice. In the beginning, I used to take her with me. Um, so that was kind of like my, she kind of was like my little bit ticket way in because I was like, I'm a working mom, support <laughs> a, a you know, woman of color, working mom. Uh, and then it was like, there's a caveat because I would, you know, charge, I would charge what I think would be reasonable for bringing your kid to work. So, um, and I would bring her and uh, I don't know if she remembers much of it. No, she does because she would, when we would enter someone's home, she would see like how the little kid would have their room and then she'd see all the toys and uh, no, so yeah, it was. It's been four years now. Nice, yeah. congratulations. Thank you. So, what made you start? What what draw you to that type of business, and what made you start that business? Honestly, it was almost like never. I was like getting kicked out of options. I now know and understand what was going on uh, energetically with the universe and alignment. I was really, really out of my out of alignment with my life purpose. I think I'm closer to it now than I was when I started. But when I started, um, I had just left the legal field, and I was in the legal field for about 10 years. Okay. And um, it was intense work. It was fun, you know, when you don't have a family and, you know, um, the late nights, you end up you know, in an office with, like, other people that want to are stressed out and want to drink. So in your 20s, totally acceptable. Mm -hmm. But then when I started having a family, it was just not easy. So little by little, I started like I kept, you know, like it was harder and harder to maintain the jobs that, I, you know, even though they I, I even found an office that was like walking distance from my home. 
So I didn't have to commute to Chicago. And then the office was so considerate of everybody. But even then, like some, there was something that happened in the office. It was um, health um, impediment for one of the owners. And so they had to downsize on the staff. And, mm-hmm. and I was one of the first ones to go because I was one of the last ones to join. And that all, um, you know, it started eliminating my, my, oh, my God, I've been doing this for so long. Now what? And then I started um, as a Lyft driver, okay. you know, for the flexibility. And I really liked it because they put me in the front seat, kind of like what you're doing here. I mean, you're going to tell. And, I, and, and it was so random. All of my riders were random. But I always felt like the exchange of energy was always like either they grabbed something from my ride mm-hmm. or I got something from interacting with them. And I, I would just, I loved it. And I especially loved like the, how quickly it had to end, right? Like they had to go somewhere. A quick exchange. So the abru- abruptness of it, right? Mm-hmm. It was very nice. It was like, it was, it was really helpful in like the, just being, being in flow and letting go. You know, you give me some medicine, you give you some medicine, and you let it go. And, you know, and, and who knows what you do with it. You probably just forget about it or you carry it on or you think about it longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really loved that. And then I got very ambitious in doing that because um, I also live, love night driving. Um, and then I was like, okay, I was doing it for like two years, maybe. And then I got into like one, one car accident. What was not provoked. I mean, I got rear-ended. So, and it was like the unfortunate scenario, you know, no license, no insurance, no, um, no plates. And I was like, darn, well, I'm not going to let that stop me. So at the time, uh, Lyft had a rentals program. So I went all in, but you had to be really full time. Whereas before, it was very flexible. I, I was still, the, you know, I was still maintaining home at home while my husband worked full time, and I had my kids. And so, I, and I was like a stay at home mom, with the exception of like I would get to release my stress of being at home by myself with two kids, and at night I would drive. So mm-hmm. that was my saving grace. But then. After that accident, I was like, okay, I got the rental program. And then I ended up going within less than seven days. I got rear-ended again. And I was like, oh. okay. And the car was totaled. Like, totaled. Are um, you okay? I was fine. Luckily, I mean, it was a, a, a lawsuit that ensued after that. But I was like, okay, that is a loud warning. Like, I, I got it. I'm not going to. You don't want me on the road. Mm-hmm. What do you want me to do then? I have no idea. I have no idea. So I really sat with myself and I really was like, well, I'm really good at cleaning. I'm really good at organizing, but who's going to pay? And I'm like, I don't want to clean other people's homes. I barely want to clean mine. I was like, well, maybe people will pay me to organize. And that was like, I think it was like a little bit before Mary Kondo. Maybe Mary Kondo had just started. So like that was starting to become a thing, right? And so I just started, I started like using the um, mom mail in my community and just like putting ads out. But I'm like, again, I was selling myself as like support a single, uh, support a working mom. Um, and I would, you know, once they would, call, I would get their attention. I would say, well, this is the price because I have to bring my two-year-old with me. I did have, I was really surprised that people were willing to help. Um, and, you know, with that caveat out of bringing your kid to work, but it really was awesome. And and it really helped me grow my confidence in myself and realize, like, oh, I don't really need all the things I thought I needed mm-hmm. to make a living. And little by little, you know, it was uh, it took a while because then you have to really, like, I had to get to a place where I really started to take myself seriously and even calling myself a business owner. Like, even, you know, all, a lot of all that was done through layers. And then the pandemic really helped to, like, to like take myself to the next level and in a time where everybody was cooped up and they didn't have 
you know, very, they have very limited interactions. And so people started looking at their surroundings and they were realizing how they were getting affected by what they still were holding on to at home. Um, and and uh, it just, it opened a lot of doors for me. How did you manage your business during COVID? Well, I did, I ended up trying to do, I did do several um, or like virtual consultations. I did even like mom groups and book clubs and um, a couple of like fundraisers, I think, where it would just like, they would get, they would gather the moms together and I just had to do the virtual thing and get comfortable with speaking in front of a monitor, seeing my own face, not seeing anyone else's face or reaction. So like that was like, I think that's key, right? Like for me, connection is super important. Mm -hmm. And to offer my services without having that instant Connection was was challenging. I, I would say it was not my favorite, but it it kept a roof over our head. And um, I was always really happy when the opportunity would come around. Um, but I didn't really stress out much about it because I definitely was doing my own inner organizing. I was organizing my own my own thoughts, my own life. Like I really, I also was just like I, I felt like I, I I you know used the time to like go go within and start really realizing more of like it's not really about opening my cabinets and like seeing it all (laughs) nicely organized and then beating myself up when I can't keep it organized a month or 10 months later it's more what's going on inside and how is it exploding on the outside Mm -hmm. and when we were in our when we were all in our homes that became very obvious I mean I, I know that's why like you know the prices of wood started going up people started like remodeling their homes and caring about what their homes look like. And so, yeah, it was, um, I, it was a perfect storm for me. I really That's awesome. I, I very much benefited out of it. And personally, at a personal level, um, my mental health definitely improved a lot. My spirituality, I can say I actually was, you know, I, I started to develop my spirituality. So, and, and, and everything that I've worked on, everything that I've learned, that I've unlearned, you know, became my own medicine to heal myself. And it's what I've been offering to my clients now. So how do you connect? You, you talk a lot about energy. How do you connect the energy that you speak of with your line of work? Well, because energy is everywhere and, you know, it's not destroyed. Um, if you're in relation with someone, you're talking to them, you're exchanging energy, and then you know how much more energy is exchanged if you go deeper in that relationship. So... But we'll go back to the more more basic thing that people don't really think about is that there's there's energy and stagnant energy in, in our things and mm-hmm. things that we don't move or touch. And so all of that in our surroundings, like if you you'll you'll be able to study better if you, for example, you're like in a room where you don't have your you know your TV on and your posters everywhere and your you know, like your all your books and your, what you ate last night and what you're going to prepare for tomorrow. And, all you know, so it's like that clutter really takes away from what you're trying to create, which is you're trying to, you know, grow your brain and, and, and become more knowledgeable. And sometimes we have so much going on inside of our minds that we don't, we stop becoming aware of what is happening around us because it's just like seeping out of us. So... Yeah, I feel like that's a loaded comment um, that we need to unpack more. Not overwhelming. I mean, like, I guess what I mean is, like, for example, when I go to a, a client's home, 
their older college students' room still left intact, but but intact to a point where like they're in their twenties, thirties, and you're still holding on to all their essays. You're still holding on to all of their friends' love letters and all of their you know yearbooks and all these things. And meanwhile, your your child is very happy at that time. And I love using this example because I don't think this is very well understood by parents that have children at that that age. Um, we're still holding on to all that's all emotional things. And then you'll, so when we start working on these, because they're like, okay, well, we want to transform this room. It hasn't been, they haven't come stay here in 15 years. They're about to get married. And I'm like, okay, wonderful. Have they asked you to keep all this stuff? Like, no, but one day we know that they'll want it. And I'm just like, I don't, they're over <laughs> there trying to recreate themselves, completely like find their own identity. I don't know if they're really going to want those things, you yeah. know? And and a lot, of, and, and I, it's always becomes, I mean, it's like, uh, we'll, we'll test it out. I'll test it out with them. I'll like send them text messages because um, no longer anybody calls and no one's going to answer their parents' phone calls. So I'll like send them a text message and, and, and let's see, do they want, you know, we'll start listing like, oh, do they want these 100 DVDs? Because do they even own a DVD player? But they don't. They just have streaming services, you know, or, <laughs> you know, all these things. And so, and most of the time people don't. It's just we have our own emotional attachment to things and then that becomes our clutter. Presumption, yeah. That yeah. they want it. Yeah, right. That's just one example. I mean, like, and, and, and that, that's a little more light and endearing and cute. But then there's also the heavier ones of, like, going through a divorce and, like, you know, that. I mean, I myself am also starting to go through that process. And it's heavy. Like, that is, talk about unlearning. Like, now you yes. need to go from being one way, which is you know, you have this other person that's supposed to, you know, you have all your expectations and you exchange these vows and promises and now you're going to have to recreate your life. And usually it's not at your own time and leisure. It's always like at the whatever other attorney is calling and, you know, um, rushing you and and you're getting pushed into court dates and you're getting pushed into meetings and you're being delayed. It's just like it's it's a whole, that in itself is a whole, I feel like it, it needs a whole container of healing but then when you come out on the other side with whatever you end up ended up with whether it's your excess all their trash in your garage or like they took everything and now you need to start all over all all over and then that can sometimes for some people like trigger a oh my god i already i lost everything so now i need to keep buying things right and then that's just that void like that not bringing healing or awareness to that wound then like exploits explodes, I'm sorry, into like, I got to buy something every time I go out. It's a void, right? It's like the having outer focus to like material things. Oh, there's, there's a sale. I got to get these shoes. Oh, there's a sale. I got to, I, I'm going to need this yoga mat for something, you know, or what, you know, things like that. And there, then, then there I come. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> What's been going on? And eventually there's always something that hasn't been addressed in an emotional level. Yeah. It's crazy how much how our attachment is defined by the different emotions and different things that we're going through life. Yeah. Like, you know, somebody's getting ready to see their son or daughter, you know, move on to a new life of them, but they're still holding on to those memories. And then you have somebody that's getting divorced and based on who's going through what emotions, it's how they treat their belongings, whether they end up, you know, with nothing and now they have to replace that void or how they uh, may have everything and maybe they just want to trash everything because, it used to belong to their ex and they feel right. like they need to project on all the stuff that they have. Right. Yeah. How would you say mental health is related 
to things and our space, the way we we put our stuff, the clutterness, the emptiness, you know, the spaces that you come in and clean, you know, can you feel sort of the state of mind or where that person stands mentally and emotionally? Yeah, um, I love that question because I feel like it gives me the opportunity to touch on something that um, I, I think a lot of us are becoming more and more aware of it now, uh, that it's not just the mental health. You got to also embody your emotional health and your spiritual health. It, it's, that's such a, like a, you know, very heavy thing to try to unpack. At least for me, like when I go in with my clients, like I'm able to see that the clutter is coming from not having control in their, like in their thoughts. It's not just mental. It's definitely emotional and a lot of, you know, and, and spiritual. I prefer to work with my clients, like have them in the room and then just kind of help them start organizing their thoughts so that they are empowered to know that they don't really need me there. And this isn't really about the objects. It's about them. It's about them, their well-being, and that they can heal themselves. Right? Like, I will only always offer the modalities that worked for me and what I tried and what worked and what didn't work. I've been learning, um, and I very strongly believe that you can't offer medicine unless you've taken that medicine. Right? So I... I think that's also what what um, is so fun about my own healing journey is that then later on I know like oh I can offer this to people you yeah, know because it's yeah it's mm-hmm. it's really powerful that way. So what are the modalities? What is the principle behind your business like? How does your business work? So you meet a client who's reached out to you. How do you go upon offering your services? The types of services that you may offer is it all virtual? Is it over the phone? Is it is it's, it in person? It's in person and. Um, I haven't marketed myself at all um, or advertised at all. It's all been word of mouth referral. I feel like I always just like, I always just like ask the universe for just alignment and reciprocity. And so I feel like whoever comes into my space, it's going to be because they are willing to, they're at a place where they're ready to work and willing to receive and then vice versa. They're going to have something that I can also receive. Um, my pace is not fast. Like, so it's not like, it's not because I can't do it fast, but it's more like I can come in and, and do things in your home. I know you're not going to maintain it because there's something there. And so I do, I'm also, I have awareness that there is a, there's a scope where it's just out of my training, out of my profession. And so I will refer my clients and I, when I see it, I actually will just turn down the client and I will just tell them that they need to, you know, um, work with either their therapist or find one, and I have a list that I refer them to. What does coming into someone's home and organizing their space do to your story, to your soul? Like, what is, I mean, I, aside from the financial gain, you know, what does it do to you or um, for you? I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it makes my work not feel like work. I've, it, it has helped giving me the confidence in knowing that I'm a healer. Um, I don't even know if I would have felt comfortable saying that out loud a year ago. But it, it really is because then I see what I'm doing. I'm like, oh, my God, this is there's a calling in here for me. And, you know, it builds community for me. And it's taught me, too, that I, I really can choose healthy relationships and, and have like just like very meaningful connections. And, yeah, the power of referral is <laughs> amazing. I know you asked me earlier, and I don't know if I really fully answered your question, but the behavior of energy and like the you know like law of attraction all that is just so interesting to me because it really is just empowering you 
to create your reality. Mm-hmm. It really asks us to, it brings us, it brings you awareness to the fact that our thoughts create everything. You know, like, when was the last time that you were really worried that something was going to go wrong and then it happens and then you feel righteous? Yeah. Like, I knew this was going to go wrong. I'm, I'm glad I prepared for this. <laughs> or we doubt ourselves and we go back to circle, to back to square one where it's like, you know what? I knew from the very beginning then this is, was it. I don't know why I wondered, doubted myself, or went with option number two because it was there all along. We yeah. just didn't trust our instinct. Well, you know, it's a thin line between trusting your instinct, instinct and then, like, recreating or creating reality out of fear of, like, oh, I know this. And guys are always liars. I've been lying to before. All of them lie. All of them lie. And then I meet someone, and I really like them, but I'm always replaying in the back of my head that, oh, liars, they always lie. And then he lies to me. And I'm like, I knew it. So prophecy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's really manifesting. And it's just like, so, you know, we're in constant conversation with the universe, with spirit, God, creator, Allah, whatever. And so what you say is so powerful. I mean... It's no accident that spelling S-P-E-L-L is in there. You know, like it's it, what we say we're creating. We, so even in choosing our, our words and how we talk about ourselves and how we talk about other people and are we even talking about other people or are we just focusing on ourselves? Like all of that just like really creates your world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the bigger picture for me right now is that I'm able to see like I feel like I'm liberating I'm doing like liberation work internally to be able to birth or help birth in a collective because I don't think it's just me that's doing this. Uh, birth like a, a new world. So law of attraction, what is law of attraction for you and how do you use it? How have you used it in your in your business? And really it's mostly through holding space um, for to, to deeply listen, reconcile like how to get them to be present, like to bring their their self their uh, that piece of themselves to where we are now, which is in a room here together. When yes, we want to have our surroundings organized, but we keep going to the past. Or hey, you keep taking off over there. And then once I'm able to get them to a place where like they are realizing, look, you're you're here, you're safe, you're capable, you have autonomy, you have sovereignty, you've made a decision to make a change. Even all of that is a lot, right? Like honoring that space and that in that in that step for them. Um, and then slowly start bringing in the things that I've learned about, like, once you continue to, when you continue to practice and bringing yourself present and you're, that, that the past is no longer threatening you and the future is not even here. It's practiced in person, but eventually they, they start doing it themselves. Get to a place where then their energy, they, they will be aware. I, I, I help them in understanding, like, what you're thinking about, you're going to create it. If you're just thinking about how it's going to go wrong, you're going to get fired. Like, that's what's going to happen. If you're just stuck in like, oh, I have no relationship with my mom, and now, and now I have to go visit her every week at the, you know, at the senior home because I'm helping take care of, like that, like that, you know, like you're walking in there with the glasses, the perspective of the past, like you, you know, we gotta, we gotta change that up, and it's like what you, and it, it takes a lot of like liberating your mind, and and letting go of the stories that you've been carrying around for a long time that haven't helped you. How do I know they haven't helped you? Because look in your surroundings and look, you're calling me in, right? Like, so I want to help you by you helping yourself. So you then get to a place where you just like are, are, are able, for example, like I was saying about the mom, um, to get to a place where like, you know what? There's a, there's a, a, a fragment in that relationship 
and we address it, right? We address it. It's like, uh, okay, well, you know, my mom never took care of me, or she, you know, she took off when I was young. Whatever the story is, it's like yes, and that's what happened. You are an adult now, and now you're responsible. I mean, and at this point, when we're talking about like all the modalities, like yeah. I'm about to start spilling them all out. All the resources <laughs> I've used. I mean. Like Latinx Parenting, that website, oh my gosh, that is the most rich, richest resource that I can point anyone and everyone to. Because it really. So, what is it? What Latin, is this website? Latinx Parenting is um, Leslie, Priscilla, I don't know her last name. She's amazing. I constantly bring, constantly bring her up because she really helps in decoloni- decolonizing our, like, our parenting and our love and in really liberating us, our gente, our, our people, people of color from this power over dynamic, which is very prevalent, almost in a joking matter, right? She talks about, like, the chancla culture, like, the, yeah. how, you know, how we are normalized getting getting hit and verbal abuse and all that. Oh, my mom screams, chinga tu madre, you know, sorry, all, all that stuff, right? It's, yeah. like, normal, right? We It's been normal. But, like, it that, that, that was such a very, very, very... Um, Denormalizing. Monu- monumental part in my healing because I was able to shed the shame of like and then embrace my humanness mm-hmm. you know and that's what i can also offer to my clients it's like because you know i mean I, i'm sure it's not easy yeah it's not easy to like say okay come look at my house it's not how i wanted to look <laughs> yeah, of course that's, that's hard it is incredibly hard right and so like that but but then like learning that that power over dynamic that a lot of us were were raised with including myself like that, that doesn't, that's not of our people. That was like of the colonial, that, that was them conquering our lands. That was them conquering our, our, our culture, our people. Our, Submission. You know, right. And so like, and, and no one, and no one had time to heal because it was just survival, 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 survival. So here we are now. Right. And then when I speak to honoring my ancestors, it's like, I am, I'm now healing. Now I'm safe to sit down and unpack this with you in a podcast. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I'm able to you know go to a therapist and unpack with them. Now people can call an organizer, and now they're getting more than just getting their cabinets organized. Like you know <laughs> because because I'm working on myself and I'm healing myself, right? So like that's and it's beautiful when you start seeing the ripples of your own healing, like because it does happen. It's just I I mean I remember hearing it for the first time. But I was so already, I was so dedicated already to like, I, I didn't like it, a lot of my surroundings, the pandemic, a lot of people, I'm sure, didn't like their surroundings. And I was like, oh, no, I got to change things around. And then I started, you know, I started it. And then when someone, someone to give me such an awesome silver lining, because working on yourself is not glamorous. It was the least glamorous job that you will take. But, but then you do get the awesome, the, the you know, the light mm-hmm. at the end of the tunnel. And it's, it's, it's so liberating. And and I just I love that I'm at a place where I can create my life and I can invite people into it and be like, oh, my God, I have this vision, How, you know, and then we share it. And I feel like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sifting through a lot. There's a lot of darkness out there. And, and it's just really nice to be able to, like, create what I want, you know, one where there's reciprocity and where there's healing and and collectives and like there's just so much more that's coming now since the pandemic I think mm-hmm. the pandemic was so I, I I would definitely have a heart a sticker that says I heart the pandemic because I <laughs> I think it really did wonders I did a lot of great things that I did not do before I wish I just had the discipline to keep them going I started hiking during during the pandemic and I would hike three four five miles at a time and I was consistent I was like doing 15 20 miles a week 
Were you using those like trail apps? I did. Use, I had like a thirty-five dollar Amazon watch because I was not going to oh, yeah. buy an eye <laughs> of a watch. But I was just like, it counts my steps. I was doing about four miles every every time I was out, and it was awesome. And I have the weather now. I live across the street from a prairie a prairie walk. Um, I can walk probably ten miles if I wanted to. But ask me if I. Want to get up at five o'clock in the morning so that I can avoid the heat? Absolutely not. I just wave out the people that are going to get on the train to their commuter or the runners that are going. I'm like, high spirits people. I'm going back to bed. Yeah. But you know, it, it's all part of like, not everything needs to last. You know, sometimes, sometimes you, that comes in because that's the medicine you needed at the time, mm-hmm. and then it doesn't have to be carried out. You know, and if you really wanted to do it. I'm sure, like, you'll slow down, and if you really want to do it, then you'll get back to it, yes. you know? But things, you know, things come in seasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's true. That's very, very true. One of the things that I want, I have was very curious. As you go into different spaces, as you go into different energies, as you go into different individuals, individuals' homes, any paranormal energy that you had to face, have you had? Um, instances where you've had to work with energy that you weren't familiar with? Um, yes, and very heavy. Yes. Very heavy because, you know, again, when we're not moving our object, energy is stagnant. So uh, luckily, when one of my clients was is a Reiki practitioner, and okay. so she was able to quickly, like, remove the static. I was like, oh, I'm feeling some, like, strong pains in my ribs. Like, I got punched right now. They didn't want you there. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> no. Um, and, and, yeah, and so that that's happened a couple of times. I also just feel very nauseous when— You're um, very sensitive then. I guess so, yeah. And now I know how to, you know, just protect myself. And what have you introduced into a client's home, obviously with their permission, to clean the energy, to clean the space, if you do use those modalities? Yeah. Um, but when I'm in this energy, my hands are doing the talking, and I'm not even talking. And so it's very interesting to see that happen. I've been able to open spice cabinets and get a couple of spices. I can't even tell you sometimes. I don't remember what I got. Um, I know that I usually work with uh, either cinnamon or basil, you know, resort to like using their palo santo or some sage. But in just it being over harvested and being misappropriated, I feel very sensitive to putting it out there, especially to people that are not of our culture. And so I, I don't. And I just like use sound healing instead. So, you know, even like clapping, (laughs) it just dispels energy. Right. So like I do that. Um, and, and it's just, uh, it's been a, a bunch of other different things that I've just tried that I can't happen to have at home. You know, like I have shakers, um, dance shakers that I have too, or, and I just ask if I can do it. I, would, I, I mean, I, I'm, I definitely never just do it without asking for permission and, and, and it's, you know, um, or just releasing rituals or ceremonies of like. You know, again, you, you mentioned earlier, like going, coming across all your excess things. It's like, yes, yeah, let's have fun with releasing that, you know, like, yeah. and so it's and, and, I, and I like to work with like the energies that, that like the moon offers to us where it's like full moon, you release new moon, you plant seeds, goals, you know, so it's very nice. It's easy to work with the energies that, that's already provided to us in the, you know, the universe and in the sun and the moon. So. It's it's a little bit of all that. I love how you use what you have. Yeah. You use the resources of the client. So, and you're right. You we are on our own healing. 
So you go into someone else's space to facilitate. You don't even drive. You don't do much in the sense of like reinventing the client or reinventing your customer. Um, you actually just go in there and I honor them. Really. I, you honor them. You honor what they already have in their space and you teach them that they have their own tools to make their own reality work and their own healing work. Yeah. So if you came across or somebody came across your story and felt identified, what would be something you would advise them that you did that worked for you? Or what can you advise in general that someone can do to begin their own healing journey? Oh, that's such a good question. I don't know if one answer fits all. But (laughs) I think that's the beauty in that is that just try things um, because we all need different medicine. And my medicine is not going to be for everybody. That's why I do the consultations, you know. Um, and I just know that I, it, like, so so trying, you know, just, just trying different things. And if it doesn't work, doesn't mean that something's wrong with you. It just means that you got to just keep trying something else, you know. Um, and, and then again, also, everything comes in season. So what worked this year may not work next year. Hopefully it's because you've, you know, shed some skins and now you need something else. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's um, it's really about getting curious about yourself, I think. It's just that. It's like, stop focusing so much on the outside mm-hmm. because, honestly, none of it really feeds you. It's like, look inside. And all of the answers are in there. I know mm-hmm. it sounds so cliche, but I promise that they are. Because, <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, okay, you don't believe me. Let's sit down. And, you know, let's pretend that you want me to organize something. Or let's just sit down and let's organize your thoughts. Let's, let's have a conversation and see what's really inside. And I, I'm going to point to how you have it. You're like, yep, you do. See, right there. <laughs> <laughs> so you not only organize cabinets, you organize thoughts and minds and hearts. <laughs> I don't know about the hardest part, but I, yeah, yeah. It's just because I really, you know, like we're so clouded. We are so fragmented by the society. We're led to believe that we don't have the power to heal ourselves. They have to go to a doctor. They have to wait for an appointment. That we, because right now with all these, and not to knock down therapists. I especially love my therapist. Shout out to Elia. She's awesome. Um, but it's more like. We we do have, you know, what it takes to heal ourselves. You don't have to wait for to get called back from a therapist. You know, they're so swamped right now. And I'm so glad that mental health is becoming such a big focus. But also there's integrating your soul, integrating, you know, your emotions. And all of that already can do a lot. So that by Correct. the time you get a call back from the therapist, you already have some, you know, you already have some understanding in yourself. Yeah. And someone's not going to just lead you astray into what they want you to think is wrong with you because you know what you got to work on you know Mm -hmm. if you sit down with yourself and listen or if you you know find someone to hold space for you to listen you're like it'll it'll come out yeah your soul wants you (laughs) to to air it out now to not give to not take any credit if someone is in crisis definitely should be seeing a professional i think the type of advice that we're giving and saying is uh definitely aligned for someone that is looking to take control over their own mental health journey uh, and I in my part um, I think talk therapy stopped working and just like you said you just get curious you ask the universe for answers you you ask questions and they will come running to you I mean you may have trouble identifying them or understanding or opening the door or you may be on denial I mean you refuse to accept what's being directed to you oh yeah uh, yes very true Vero. but it will come to you <laughs> just like, keep trying just keep trying <laughs> 
Sissy, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Um, I love chatting with you. I'm sure we'll have the opportunity to reconnect on other topics. Yes. <laughs> um, so I hope you had some fun tonight. Thank you so much. I did. It Sounds was very good. lovely. Thank you, Sissy. That's it, folks. Maybe this is how it starts for you, I, and anyone else in our journey. Hope you like this content. Please follow, download, and share. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thank <laughs> you.